I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, a few things here. And um, this is going to be a podcast that I'm going to do. It's going to revolve around um, <clears throat> test, test, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. So I'm starting this podcast. And uh, basically in this podcast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a bunch of things here. Um, so let me give you a little bit of background about me. Um, my name is Esam. Um, everybody calls me E. Um, my producer name is Quota Sounds. And I also have a media agency, uh, which is Two Block Media. I own a couple of retail businesses, um, actually a couple of smoke shops. So smoke and vape shops. And I'm just kind of an entrepreneur all the way through and through. And what I like to do is start businesses, see them grow, and, you know, just, I love being a part of something that was never in existence. And to me, I think that's the greatest uh, appreciation and gift a person can receive, which is just to bring something to life that just never existed until you touched it. And uh, I do my best to put 150%, I mean, there's no such thing as 150%, but I do my best to put in my all in anything I do. And because of that, I've been able to be successful in everything that I do in every endeavor that I take. Um, and I want to share that with you guys. I want to share with you a little bit about uh, how I go about doing my business and what it takes to really, really make it in, in this difficult, hard territory. Because there's a lot of people out there, and if you're not... If you're not at your A game, you're, you're just you're just gonna get eaten up alive. And I've seen it firsthand. I've been part of it firsthand. I've been on both on both sides. So I've been the guy that comes into a arena and is the underdog and come out the victorious winner. And I've also been the guy that comes in with you know uh, just a room and, and, and an audience and a support team. But I just I, I don't get to that last step and I get beaten by somebody else. And it's tough, but those losses are what makes me do better in my wins. Um, so every time I, I, I take that loss, I learn from it, I grow from it, and I try to learn what I did wrong and try to fix it or perfect it or maybe not even try to do it anymore in the next uh, thing I take on. So right now, a uh, little background, I uh, was born and raised in San Francisco, um, good old Bay Area. Uh, I was born at St. Luke's Hospital, and uh, if anybody knows where that is, that is, uh, it's an old, old hospital that's been around for a very long time, and they're still standing and they're going strong, um, but that's not really what's important. What is important is uh, I grew up with uh, two ethnic parents. Um, well, uh, I grew up with, uh, Jordanian parents. My dad was from Jordan. My mom was from Jordan, but my mom had actually, uh, been raised here in the States. And so she was a very Americanized, uh, she actually, in fact, spoke really little English. I mean, really little, uh, Arabic, um, why she was here. And, uh, her father, decided to come here, which is my grandfather decided to come here for a better life for his children and for himself. 
um, because there was more opportunities here than there was back home. And it was probably one of the best things he's, he uh, did. It was probably one of the best things that uh, ever happened. Um, he was a very hard worker. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy that woke up every morning, early in the morning, and got off to work and just got on his hustle and grinded and grinded and grinded and, and you know, built really what was uh, essentially uh, his empire. Um, he, uh, like most uh, foreigners that come to America, or at least from our country, they come here and, and they work really hard. They go to school and they, they barely speak a lick of English and yet they're able to accomplish a lot more than the uh, American, the average American that, you know, speaks fluent English because I think the appreciation for life and for the opportunity and not taking things for granted because back home you didn't have these opportunities uh, to them is so crucial and they they thrive and they use that as fuel to continue to grow and work their asses off. Um, so he worked really hard. He he was working for some uh, supermarkets. He, he actually moved to New York, I believe, first, and then he came to San Francisco. But he started working in supermarkets, grocery stores, uh, liquor stores, and all that good stuff. And he did, you know, he worked his ass off. He was getting paid minimum wage, but he saved every penny and every dollar that he made, um, him and my grandmother. And they built it uh, eventually enough to where he had a uh, good chunk of change for a down payment or to buy his own business. And he opened his own uh, grocery store um, in San Francisco. He did really well. He knew the business. And like I said, he was just really adamant about making it happen. And he pushed himself through the hard times and through the language barrier and you know people loved him they used to call you know his name was charlie and so you know he was just known charlie was the man and people loved him and they'd come shop with him and he'd, he'd shoot the shit with them and he was just very personable very outgoing um very sincere in what he spoke and i think people really latched on to that and they really appreciated his his appreciation for them um, because most people, you know, as you know, I mean, even today you, you go into a grocery store, nobody knows you by the name or, uh, nobody's it's, you know, go through the register, take your merchandise, check out, and then you're off, you're on your merry way. Well, not with him. He, his, his whole philosophy was build relationships first and then the money will follow. Um, and that is so true. Um, it, I mean, it was true back then and it's so true today and it's even more true today uh, with everything that's going on. I mean, it's all about credibility and building relationships and before anybody purchases anything from you. And so after he uh, bought his first grocery store, he saved more money and saved and saved, continued to save as his uh, businesses grew. He started purchasing properties. He bought apartment complexes um, one after another. Then he bought another grocery store and my father had come from back home at 17 he came from jordan uh to the states um and him and my mom and he started working for my grandfather as he was going to school uh, my dad again he's barely spoke any english he went to san francisco state and got his degree his bachelor's degree in civil engineering so i mean i, th I think that's, that's pretty big for uh a person that 
can barely speak the language to really just come here and knock it out of the park and really just eat that uh, moment up. And it was it was awesome. It's 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 not a lot of people can say they did that. And uh, the people that do do that know what kind of work needs to go into that to 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 achieve that kind of uh, success. And so after he graduated, he continued to work with my grandfather. He never the, the funny thing is, is he, uh, he never went and practiced in his field. So he had gotten the degree because his father, which is my other grandfather, I told him, you know, in order for you to move to America, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to get married. You're going to need to go to school, get your degree. And then, you know, then I know you'll be all right. And so he did that. He got married. He, he had me, he had, uh, my brother and I have, uh, two other brothers on top of that and a sister, but, um, yeah, so he grew that and he saved money as he was going, uh, to school and as he was working for my grandfather. And eventually he had an opportunity to purchase his own grocery store. And so uh, with the knowledge that he had and knowing that my grandfather already was in the business, he went and did his thing. And sure enough, he was successful at what he did. And again, uh, one of his, I think his biggest assets is uh, he's very uh, outgoing. He's an extrovert. He's very personable. Uh, he knows every, he knew every customer that used to walk in. I remember every customer that used to walk in. He knew every customer by their first name, and you know they'd sit and tell him about their life, about their situations, about what they did that weekend, about their problems, about their difficulties. And he'd sit and he'd listen, and he'd he'd con- consult, and they'd confide in him, and he'd he'd try to give him the best opinion that he could, and it, it was just great, you know. Um, and they'd come in and say, "Hey, Sal, you know, uh, uh, this is what happened to me this weekend," and he'd sit and he'd just really just go at it just like you were you know you weren't really shopping you were just kind of going to talk to a, a good friend and my mom was the same way my mom was very uh, extroverted as well so I mean those two combined was just like a powerhouse um, and they did really well they they had a successful grocery store built that up and purchased property and uh, the whole nine yards um, long story short uh, we ended up moving back to Jordan to uh my father wanted us to go back there for a few years because he wanted us to really learn how to read and write the language and learn a little bit more about our culture. Um, and uh, I think it was probably the best thing that had ever happened. At the time, of course, I I, I hated it. Uh, it was being taken away from a life that I was so accustomed to that was just the norm to me. And I barely spoke any uh, other language than English. And I mean, I understood Arabic, but I really never really spoke it. And, um, so it was, it was a transitional period and it was a time of, uh, almost, I I don't know if I could do it. I I can't, you know, and I was so young and I just wanted to be back home with my cousins and my family and, and, and all my friends from the Bay area and all that good stuff. But, um, so I finished, I went over, we went back home. Anyways, uh, you know, years went, a couple of years went by, or I started really picking up the language and it became towards the end when I graduated high school over back home, it was actually surprising because the same feeling I had gotten when I was leaving from the States, going to the Middle East and coming back here, which was, I really didn't want to. And it was, I had built relationships and all that. I had gotten that same, um, I had gone through those same things and those same emotions and the same kind of like 
hesitation. I don't want to move. I'm happy. Everything's working. I know everybody here and I'm content. But the ultimate goal was for us to come back here and really come back to a life that had more opportunities than uh, it did over there, which was, um, you know, it's unfortunate because we are blessed here in the States and there's so much more that you can do here and you could be who you want to be. You could dress the way you want to dress. You could talk the way you want to talk. Um, and just, you can, you know, you want to be a doctor, you can go be a doctor. You want to be an entrepreneur and start your own business. You can do that. And the chances of success here are much higher than over back home. Um, anyway, came back here and I went to, so my parents had stayed back there. And as I graduated, my other siblings were still back home and I, uh, was sent back here to San Francisco and I lived with my uncle over in Twin Peaks as I was going to college. Uh, I was studying, uh, I started off actually as a computer science major. Um, and it was, it was interesting because it was completely different than what I had thought a computer science major was going to be. And so I had done that for a few semesters and then I was always artistic. So I'll go back to that. I was, I've always been artistic. I've always been in school plays. I've always been, uh, you've always seen me with a pencil or a, a paintbrush and I'm always drawing or I'm always creating. And uh, that's one thing that I've done since I, I can, I can remember my first memory, which is I've always been creative. Um, and one of my sayings is, you know, wasn't not a saying, well, it's one of my things that I hold close to my heart is ABC, right? Always be creative, always be creating, always be, uh, doing something and bringing something into this world that never existed. And when you do that, you have something to not one just look back at, but something that you could hand down or you could be remembered by it, or people can look back and say, oh my God, I remember that. I, I, uh, you know, this is what, oh my, he, he was so good. Or, you know, who did this? This, this was E. And, um, so I changed majors and I went into graphic design and, which was awesome because it was more along the lines of what I had expected to do. Uh, I think that makes sense. Um, and I started doing a minor in music production because I was always into music. I was always making, uh, beats and, and producing. And then I was singing, I was uh, making tracks for a bunch of people. And I figured why not really learn the ins and outs of the software and of the, the music business by taking courses and going to school for it. So again, I was going for graphic design with a minor in music production. And then I ended up on top of that going in for marketing and advertising, which, uh, all around was perfect with what I was doing because it allowed me to be creative on all aspects of everything across the board. So from artistically, I was creative on creating something, whether it was a piece of art or a piece of music. And then through marketing it, I was able to know, I knew how to get it into the hands of, uh, my, I guess who would be eventually consumers. And then I knew how to advertise and I knew how to you know, build websites from the computer science on top of that. So it was, it was just, it was really, it all worked out and it made sense uh, for what I was doing and it was, it was great. And so then, you know, long story short, I had met a, my uh, first wife and I used to uh, be security and bounce at nightclubs over in San Francisco. And so, um, I had met my first wife there from, uh, my aunt who 
was as she was a young in age, so she'd come to the clubs and we'd let her in and she'd bring her friends. And one of her friends was, you know, my ex-wife at the time. Well, my ex-wife. And uh, I met her, we kicked it off, everything went good. And she was from Oregon, so she had been visiting and we hit it off so well that uh, we ultimately decided the best thing would be for us to go to school together, stay in San Francisco and, you know, just get our degrees. And uh, we just lived together for a while. Uh, that happened for a while. And then after a certain period of time, she had wanted to go back to move back to Oregon. Um, because I was in a relationship, I decided, Hey, I, I, I can, I can do that. I can move back or I can move with you. And I did. And, uh, I went there. We went, I went, I continued my education over at, uh, Portland state. Um, and we eventually had a son, Ethan is 15 now so uh yeah he's he's (laughs) it's weird to say that he's 15 but he's 15 years old and uh he's he's a beautiful great kid he's uh he's he's just just a great 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 person and uh i'm proud to uh, call him my son and i'm just proud of him as a person and individual um he's very self-efficient and uh he reminds me a lot of myself when i was younger so uh, it's kind of cool to see a little you going through what you used to go through and then really realizing what your parents probably were thinking and you start understanding kind of the thought process of how your parents probably viewed you as. Um, long story short, uh, we ended up getting divorced and uh, it was probably one of the hardest things in my life, if not the hardest things in my life that I had to go through and experience. And so... Uh, yeah, um, uh, I, I, I just decided after that, you know, I needed to be back with kind of people that I can just turn to because I felt alone. And so I moved back to San Francisco, um, and, uh, moved back with my parents for a while until I got back up off my feet and, uh, I got a job. I was an account exec over at a limo company, one of the biggest limo companies here in San Francisco. Well, in San Francisco. And I worked there for a couple of years and I had gotten an apartment with my cousin, um, which was pretty cool because uh, uh, some good memories that we had over there, which is awesome. Um, and uh, so as I was doing that, I uh, got into real estate as well. I started selling some real estate and selling loans and that whole nine yards during the, the prime when everything was doing really good and things were up and uh, I want to say things were up. Things were, I think, overinflated. Things were um, exaggerated at the time. And so I, we, uh, I guess people in that industry, you know, we, we fed off that market and uh, it was definitely a short lived time, but uh, it was an experience. It was uh v- very educational really, because I learned that no matter how, when you think you made it. So at that time I was making some, I was making really good income. And I said to myself, oh my God, I think I I just, I I made it, I did it, I made it. You know, this is it, Uh, making, uh, I'm making, when I make a month, people make a year, you know, and I just, if it lasted or if it was, it's like, if this goes on forever, which I thought, and I think everybody thought, oh, this is good. This is it. But as we all know, the crash uh, that happened in 2008, 2007, 
um, just took a toll on everybody and what we all thought was just a little hiccup became a big recession and people lost their asses, whether it was through the stock market, through property, through rates and uh, being um, just that time that we were all going through. Um, so money stopped coming in uh, like it used to and I was used to a certain amount of income and I continued to live my life as if I had still been making that kind of money. But uh, as you you know, uh, that's probably short lived because <laughs> it was maybe a matter of a few months and I was contemplating, I, well, I needed to decide immediately. I needed to change. I needed to do something different. Um, it's not going to go back up and I need to do something now. So I started freelancing as a graphic designer, web designer, and I I uh, supported myself that way and made some uh, designed some websites for a pharmaceutical company and a bunch of other companies and design graphics, logos, CD covers. I started doing more music. So I was producing a lot of hip hop beats and selling those beats anywhere from 250 to a thousand bucks on some. I think I even sold one for it was like 2300 for one beat. And I'd have people come in and record at my apartment and I charged them 35 an hour and I was I wasn't making as much money as I was doing the real estate, but I realized I was doing something I really loved and I wasn't really tripping on the amount of I was making. I was just, I was excited to be creating. And again, ABC always be creating. And I think it got me back to really that love that I had. Um, I'll go back into a story later on. I don't want to ramble on, but, um, I totally forgot a part of my life, which was me moving to LA and I had, you know, I was in Oregon at the time and I, I wanted to try to pursue the music and give it a shot. And so I moved to LA, I moved to the Echo Park, which is, as you guys know, it's not the safest and the greatest neighborhood in LA, but you know, it was great. And I called it home and I had met some great people there and I had moved in with a buddy of mine from Oregon that was a rapper and so we were really just performing all over LA and I was producing and we were just you know trying to get it just like everybody else was just like the waiter that was a waiter at night but a singer during the day or an actor and we were just doing the hustle you know we we're all hustling and grinding trying to trying to make it um but it's not easy and no matter how talented you think you are if if you're not in the right place, with talking with the right people, you know, it's, it's just not easy. I mean, today, nowadays, it's a lot easier with all the social media and all, you know, you can get yourself out there on your own with, you know, just a YouTube channel and just creating some cool content and maybe doing something like this that I'm doing right now is creating content by by speaking with you guys through a podcast. Um, anyway, back to the story when I was uh, in... San Francisco and I was doing the music thing. I had gotten a call from my father and he had said, Hey, you know, uh, I just want you to know your uncle has a, a smoke shop in Sacramento and he's looking to sell it. And I just wanted to throw it out there and see if you, if you were interested in doing something like that. And I, I, I said, nah, nah, it's not, not for me. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, number one, I'm not moving to Sacramento. You know, all my friends are here in San Francisco. I have a life here and I, this is where I see myself settling. Um, and then two, I was just, uh, the last thing on my mind was to have my own retail business um, because I just wanted to focus on the music and everything else that was like 
you know, that I was doing. Um, again, time had gone by and I realized that, you know, if I'm, I'm making money, but I'm not making enough to where I feel like uh, I could move forward, but I was doing what I loved. And so that was what was important. Um, and then I had one night where I was kind of laying down and I, I just kind of remembered what my father had said about my uncle having that shop for sale. And I said, you know what, if I take that shop, I could sit in the back uh, during you know the slow hours or when customers aren't in, I could take my music equipment there. I could make music back there. At the same time, I'd have money coming in through the front door. Nobody could tell me what to do or uh, they can't say, I can't be doing what I'm doing. And I called my father back up and this was a few months later and I asked him, I said, is, uh, is he still selling that smoke job? And he said, you want me to find out? I said, yeah, go ahead and find out. And he found out, long story short, I ended up moving to Sacramento. It was really hard because it was such a different pace of life uh, in comparison to the city life. Um, I wasn't used to it. I didn't know anybody, but I, I, I just went for it. Um, and so I had gone to the smoke shop business. His shop wasn't doing the greatest at the time. It had actually, the reason he was selling was his heart wasn't it anymore and his business had dropped. And so I went in there and I revamped the shop, remodeled it, really loaded up on merchandise and, and just dedicated 150% of myself to that. And I did my music as well, but I knew I had to bring up that business in order for me to be comfortable making music and not feel like I should be doing something else. Um, I did that and that's when I met my current wife uh, there. She had come in with a friend of hers that was a friend of mine through the shop. And uh, after they had left, I had called her friend. I said, who is that? She said, oh, that's Heather. I said, oh, she's beautiful. Um, she have anybody? She said, no, she's, you know, but, you know, she's... I said, well, why don't you bring her and tell her I'd, I'd like to have her come back. And then uh, they'd come back one day and me and her started talking and we just hit it off really well. And I told her, I'm going to take you out on a date. And the rest was history. Um, the great thing about her was she had helped me with everything when it came to the business. Um, she helped me even rearrange the shop. She helped me organize it. And one of the best things she had done is get me in contact with some of the greatest glass blowers because she had a vision just like I did that we can become one of the best glass shops in uh, Sacramento, you know. And sure enough, we got in contact with one of the greatest glass blowers. We met him. He came through the shop. I had purchased from him. I think the first time that he came through, I think it was a few thousand dollars. And we had built this relationship to where if I had bought everything, he wouldn't sell to anybody around me. Um, and I think at the time, nobody really wanted to spend, you know, $500, $600 on a water pipe. But I knew it was sellable. I knew if I can carry something that nobody else carried and stand out from everybody else, I would have the edge it would be my my niche my 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 way of saying hey i got this and i'm the only one that has this and if you want it you have to come to me um and i had already built a good relationship with all my customers as well and i think that came from the uh experience and from seeing my father and mother with the way they were with their customers and knowing how my grandfather was with one of his customers and i was on a first name basis with all the people that walked in through that front door. And I mean, I, they love me and I love them and it was good relationships. So when people were spending money, it wasn't really like they were spending money. It was more 
as if they need something, hey, I had it, boom. Um, so been doing that now for about 10 years. Uh, I ended up opening another shop. So we have two shops. One, uh, one is a little, uh, well, one's a lot bigger than my first one. And it's allowed me, and now we have a beautiful six-year-old as well, by the way. Oh, gorgeous. His name is Ramsey. Um, he's amazing. Actually, him and I were playing a little bit earlier today, and we did some coloring. Uh, that dude <laughs> makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, so uh, we opened the two businesses. We have those running, and I've always continued throughout the time that I was doing that. I was always continuing to do my graphics, web design, music, marketing, and I, I carried that into today and now I'm really focused, almost dedicated myself to uh, building brands and building websites and building graphics and building logos and, and helping with people with online marketing and getting themselves out there. And uh, a lot of people are hesitant to get onto social media or use at least social media ads, um, advertising. And I'm really comfortable with that because well, here's the funny thing. The funny thing about it is in our industry, the smoke shop industry, so you cannot advertise on Google AdWords and you can't use Facebook ads because they shun upon that industry. And so it's really hard to do what I know how to do best for my businesses, which is kind of, it just is, it's really weird. And I, I've tried so many things and I've tried multiple things, but I've had to work my way around it and use kind of a guerrilla tactic marketing in order to attain new customers or to let people know about us and to, uh, you know, give up, send out our message. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I've been doing that. And now I've actually, we've been building clients uh, for the agency because I have me now, a partner, another partner who's on there, and we have a copywriter. Um, and we're just, we're killing it right now. And I mean, we have customers coming and, you know, in the beginning it was kind of slow, but now it's kind of hard for us to sometimes keep up and to make sure that we can take on all these projects. But what's great is we're able to, um, manage our time wisely and we all come with a strong trait. So, you know, I'm, I'm the lead designer creative and, uh, I'm good at the marketing and advertising, but I've been able to show the other guys how the marketing advertising works and really let them hone in on that skill so I can focus on the design aspect of everything that we're doing. But again, I'm always consulted in the advertising before it goes out to make sure that everything goes out correctly. And um, as time goes by, I think we'll start getting into more, even more and more of a rhythm and, and probably bring on some other people on board. But uh, so I just wanted to give you an introduction about what I do. Uh, it was quick. Well, it's kind of long. I might have rambled on, but I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. I am going to be doing this podcast. I'm not sure yet how often. Uh, I wanted to give this a test run and see um, how it starts. And uh, I'm just going to continue to put out content as much as I can. I think content is king. A lot of people say that. I understand it. I do get it. And I agree with it. It is content is king. And as you guys know, always be creating. So whether it's you're creating a piece of art, you're creating a piece of music, or you're creating a piece of content, you know, that's it's all about bringing something in that never existed. And it'll be here to last the time. You know, when you're gone, it'll still be here. Um, and that's something that nobody can take away from you ever. 
even after you're gone. So I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. If you did, I'd love to hear some comments below or if you guys have any ideas for some future podcast, uh, please feel free to leave them in the comment or just email or, or whatever uh, it is that you guys need to do. And until next time, I'm Isam E. Everybody calls me E, so let's go with E. Um, everybody calls me E. I'm E. I'm out. I will see you guys on the next one. I hope you enjoyed your night. I'm looking forward to doing these more often. And uh, I'll see you guys on the other side. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.